And we're back on another exciting episode of Starfleet, a casual and informal conversation about Star Trek. And uh, we're today we're focused on Star Trek Discovery's 10th episode, The Red Angel. And I'm joined by Fathery. Hello, uh, Howdy. Howdy there. <laughs> All the way from Texas. <laughs> yep. Uh, actually, it's not too far from uh, from where I am. The future site, the uh, Zindi Gash. Uh, <laughs> the, the, there's going to be a lot of destruction in Florida. And, <laughs> oh, and yeah, yeah. You're going to get blown up in the 22nd century. Yeah, it's, it's true. I, I love that the, the Enterprise writers were, were trying to decide where should they blow up on Earth? And someone finally was like, they should blow up Florida. <laughs> it's terrible. Terrible. Have you seen the Florida <laughs> Man meme that's been going around since? Yes, media? yes. And I put my uh, I put my birth in, and it was Florida Man, Florida Man apprehended uh, naked with a gun in an airport. <laughs> Mine was um, Florida Man sexually assaulted washing machine at laundromat. <laughs> the hell are y'all doing in Florida? <laughs> Oh, Florida man. Uh, Florida man's been a joke long before the meme. Like, like we, <laughs> but I'm really happy the meme came out. That's pretty exciting. Um, so yeah, we're here to talk about the episode Red Angel. Uh, I offer you the chance to do the summary if you would like to. You did a job for six minutes. Uh, last, if you're prepared, you can do it. Otherwise, uh, I'll give yeah, it a crack. I just I just summarized it for my podcast, but uh, oh, sweet. Maybe. So you do the same. Oh, we could do one of those audience pause this, pause this video, go listen to the summary, and then come back. But I think we should give at least like a two minute. Okay, let me let me see if I can do it in in two minutes. I normally have like the warp speed summary where I get it done in six minutes. This will be like a trans warp. Oh, I love not, it. Not not quite like slipstream, but still faster than <laughs> faster than warp speed <laughs> so uh we start the episode off with arium's funeral everyone's sad that she died in the last week's episode but tilly has discovered the bio neural readings of the red angel and some of the data she's been going through it appears to be a perfect match for michael burnham so they believe michael burnham is the red angel and they decide that the best place to get answers is to, to find the red angel Giorgio and Leyland of Section 31 show up and they offer even more explanation. It turns out that the Red Angel is part of a Section 31 project called Project Daedalus. It was an attempt to create a time-traveling angel suit that you wear and can, can travel through time in micro wormholes. Uh, this was actually something that, surprise, surprise, Michael Burnham's parents worked on. They were secretly Section 31 operative researchers, and the Klingons who killed them were actually trying to get their time crystal that they needed to make the, the Daedalus suit work. Um, so we find out that's why Leyland felt responsible for the, the deaths of Burnham's parents. Burnham is relieved. She's also angry at him and punches him around a little bit. Her and Spock have a heart-to-heart -heart conversation after it, though, and it, it seems like they're finally going to uh, get past their um, frustrations with each other and, and come back together as like a healthy brother-sister relationship. Uh, they decide to capture the Red Angel. They need to put Burnham's life in danger. They think that if they're 
going to kill Burnham, her future self will be forced to come back in time and prevent that. And that's why sometimes the Red Angel shows up whenever Burnham is present or in danger. They go to one of the Red Angel, or one of the Project Daedalus testing sites, ESOF-4, a planet with a toxic atmosphere. They can use a plasma reactor there to power their um, phase discriminators that they need to capture the Red Angel. They put Burnham on like a torture chair in the middle of this facility and expose her to this toxic environment. And as she's like gasping for air and getting like burnt by acid rain and seemingly dies, her, her heartbeat flatlines. The, I think she actually dies, yeah. Yeah, the, the Red Angel appears, revives her with some type of energy beam. Uh, and they use their phase discriminators, like capture the red angel with like ghostbuster beams that like shoot up and like wrap around her and, and contain her. And they put up a containment field around her. Um, while that's going on, it looks like on the section 31 ship, something stabs Leyland in the eye and we don't know if it kills him. We don't know if it like replaces him. What is going on there? But it looks like the control AI might still be active. Cut back down to the planet. The red angel is unmasked and... What the hell? The Red Angel is not a future Michael Burnham. It is her mother. And that's the end. That's it. That's very good. That was, like, awesome, and you did it in two minutes. It was very good. It shows that it can, might have been closer to three it can or be done. Minutes. Was it? Okay, fine. But you know, it, it shows that it can be done. There's not a lot going on no, in this it's episode. Really, yeah, I, I feel like you're making this show more efficient i really i really appreciate it <laughs> so yeah let's get right into it uh i have uh, i have a question i don't know if you feel the same but i kind of wonder like now that they know it's a time travel suit like why everyone keeps calling it the red angel because it's like i feel like you know uh, scientifically actually after section 31 i can't can't imagine they call they called it project daedalus they didn't call it the red angel so they for them it would have been the d right so like I why mean, aren't if, we why aren't we if, if they call it like the exosuit that's not as that's not as dramatic as the red angel i know but daedalus suit or they could just call the person the time traveler now <laughs> you know like if, the, if you've been calling the something angel, the red angel like... for we don't know we don't know how long season two has been going on but let, let's assume that it has been like I don't know, uh, a month and a half, right. I think is what I, what I concluded last time I was trying to figure this out. But if you've been calling something like for the last six or seven weeks, the Red Angel, that's kind of a hard habit to break at that point. It, it, it's just yeah, been Christmas the Red it. Angel. That's fair. But I still think that, uh, that it would have been cool if someone, uh, maybe that's what Arium would have done and now she's dead. So someone would have just mentioned like, we shouldn't call it the Red Angel anymore. Especially in the the era of social media, when you want maybe hashtag Red Angel to be a thing, <laughs> that, that was going around for a little bit. Hashtag Who's the Red Angel? Who's the Red Angel? I think I did that. I was of that too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but now what, we know. What, I think I did. What is the Red Angel? Um. So about that for a second. I like that it was the mom because uh, the grandfather paradox idea. I was a little upset about because it, it doesn't really work. Because if you do kill Michael Burnham, it erases the future self, so the future self can't really come back and save you. So I don't under—I didn't understand that part. Yeah, but they do play the fast and loose with time travel <laughs> in Star Trek sometimes. It's true, so, but still, like you would—you'd be trapped. Better. Like the only way, 
grandfather paradox works only if you're in the past, right? Because then you exist, future self goes back to the past, kills your grandfather, but you stay alive because you were still born, but now you're out of time, right? Yeah. But it can't work in, if the red angel's from the future, which is what we think, because it has to know that Michael died, right? Wouldn't have been able to... So I think it's good that it mom because i would have been really upset i would be like that doesn't make sense like how can michael burnham save herself from the future if you know you know i mean she wouldn't exist to to begin with so it makes sense i mean sometimes you need peter capaldi to explain it while playing beethoven (laughs) on his guitar but that was a a doctor who reference for you (laughs) That is a very good reference. Well, this whole season deals with time travel, so I feel like that's all we need to complete it would be a cameo from the Doctor, and it would be like just just deliciously uh, great. He's the one who actually sets things right and puts a, a time travel ban. He's like, sorry, Time Lord say you can't do this. <laughs> which, one, which one would be the, uh, the one to show up and do that? I, I feel that would be a uh, classic uh, doctor. Probably the seventh doctor would be the one who would do that. But I would want it to be Matt Smith playing the re- re- uh, reviving his role as the elector on a cameo. Did you see the or did you read the Next Generation Eleventh Doctor crossover comic? Yes, yes, I actually, I actually did, and I loved it. It was great. Yeah, if, if anyone, um, if anyone listening to us likes uh, Doctor Who as well as Star Trek, and you haven't checked out that comic book, you totally should. You should. That's a shout out to Surprise. (laughs) It's called Assimilation Squared, and it has beautiful painted artwork by J.K. Woodward. It's pretty cool. I've met him on the Star Trek cruise. Cool guy. Wait, on the Star Trek? On on the Star Trek cruise that I went on. Not this year, but... Wait, you... I forgot you went on the Star Trek cruise. Yeah, I went on the second one they did. (sighs) How was it? Would you go again? Yeah, I actually wanted to go to the one coming up in January, but they've already booked up the entire thing. So I guess I'm going in 2021. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was the best vacation me or my girlfriend, either one of us, had ever been on. How long is the cruise? Um, Like a week. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Okay, and, I better start saving they, they my pennies. Depart, yeah, they depart from Miami, so... Uh, it'd be oh, that's super easy. I wouldn't have to take a flight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> drive down to Miami and you're good to go. I mean, I yeah, it's drive up to Miami from where I am, but yeah, it's totally very easy. I thought Miami was like the southern Miami. Uh, close. It's like it's definitely in the south, the the southern part of it, but the uh, t- I'm closer to the tip. <laughs> okay, where I live, uh, which is called Homestead, Florida, and then. That's the con like the continental of the U.S., but then we have the islands called Keys, which I guess it's still con- considered part of the continental U.S. Key West is the southernmost point in the United States of America, officially. There's further a, south than uh, Hawaii. That doesn't sound right. That's correct. Oh wow! <laughs> There's a gigantic marker that says southernmost point of the United States of America. <laughs> But uh, I think Hawaii is just a little bit further north, and it makes sense because it looks it looks on a map it looks like it's a little further north than we are. But we digress. Yeah, enough <laughs> about the geography. We got a, a red angel to talk about. Well, we 
I guess what's like the most compelling thing that you learned from this episode, and you, what are you kind of uh, how satisfied you feel with like the the reveal, etc. I loved the reveal. In fact, I wasn't really digging this episode. I, I was pretty frustrated while watching it, but the the reveal at the end did make me feel a lot better about things. Just every everything with Michael being the Red Angel. I hated that. And I'm so glad that that turned out to be a red herring. Um, I thought that was like, that would be the easiest, most predictable thing they could have done. So I'm glad they pulled the rug out from under us. And there, there were some, like I have some problems with this episode that we'll, we'll get into if you want, but I liked, I liked a lot of the character moments. I liked the, uh, the Dr. Colber stuff. I liked, um, it, it was good that we got to see Arium's funeral, um, and I, I liked uh, everything Sonequa Martin Green was doing when she she learns that Leyland is responsible for killing her parents. Her uh, conversation with Spock, her agony when she's being tortured, even though I thought that was way over the top and melodramatic. I just I loved her performance of it, and uh, some of the stuff with her and Ash Tyler I thought was really good. So. She was definitely the standout actor of the episode, but yeah, th- those are those are the things that uh, that I found I found compelling that I liked. Are you still there? Um, word. I don't know. I don't know if anyone watching this is gonna have me on screen, or Starfleet boy, or what's going on here, or if he can hear me, uh, or maybe no one can hear either.
So it sounds like Starfleet Boy has lost his internet connection and is temporarily down. Uh, I'm not sure what will uh, what will be the case with this video if he's going to still use any of. Oh, look! I think he's back. So, um, hello, can you hear me? I think, I think he might've been, oh, yeah, I can hear you. What's up? Are you there? Hello. Yes, I'm here. Oh my god, that was the weirdest thing. Section 31 does not want us to talk yeah. about this. So they're like causing interference. For a, for a long time there, when I was waiting on you to come back, I was just like silent because I didn't have anyone to talk to. That's okay. It happens. So we'll if, <laughs> if you want to use that, you can just like um I guess you can put up like a little link to like skip ahead. Oh, that's a good idea. Oh yeah. Or just download <laughs> Download the whole thing and edit that section. and cut out. Yeah, it's probably what I'll do. <laughs> did, did you? Right, know what so, so it totally cut out when you were talking about how initially you were bored and kind of disappointed with this episode, but and then that's all I heard. <laughs> you didn't hear me. All the good stuff I said. No, the good thing that the audio audience will have it all because you. You like totally re are recording your audio separately, so that's good. The podcast audience will have the best of that. But for the uh, YouTube audience, I have no idea if your stayed on or if I have no idea what yeah, the outcome is going to be. Mine stayed on, I think. So I think we should just risk it probably being there. Like so, hot hot take, real quick, uh, to not repeat yourself fully, but why? Uh, I guess the question I have is why? Why was why were you uh, kind of hating the idea that Burnham? was the red angel a big question because they already make her the most prominent character in a lot of ways and they focus on her a lot which i don't mind i get that that's kind of the point of the show she's the main character uh, however there were so many cool possibilities with the red angel and to just make it be a future version of her i thought that was one of the the most commonly predicted things so it was like super easy to guess at uh, the way that they presented it with Tilly just walking into a, a meeting in the ready room and just saying, oh, by the way, Michael's the Red Angel. I thought that was uh, not very dramatic and not very satisfying. It also and, was kind of weird because they were so certain the bio signature was hers. But apparently, well, they didn't explain I guess, that. could you... I'm is that right? Like, can your mom's biosignature be that like so indistinguishable from I mean, yours? Though? There's a there's a couple of things. There's a couple of ways they can get around that. They could maybe at some point Michael Burnham does put on the suit, and that's the reason uh, yes. they're getting. Maybe they just that's true. That's a good point. Maybe they just hand wave it as um, well. There is some tachyon radiation interfering with the readings, and because of that, the computer couldn't distinguish the Red Angels' bioneurals readings from those of michael burnham so it, it came up with a false match fair enough um so you were saying that you didn't like the episode did you like the culber kind of revelation yeah happened in this episode yeah that was one of the things i said that i really liked it was a lot of the character stuff like i, I loved what they were doing with culber also i loved sonequa martin green's performances I, I loved seeing her when she learns that uh leyland killed her parents when um 
when she has that conversation with Spock, um, all the stuff with her and Ash Tyler. I, I liked all of that. But yeah, doc, the Dr. Colbert stuff, I really dug. And I'm hoping that they're setting the stage for him and Stamets to reunite. Do you think that's what's going to happen? I think so. I do agree with Kitwalski a little bit that it's a little bit too CW right now because like Stamets was definitely like pining to get back with Colbert and was like very uh, conscious and like trying to make give him his space. But then now finally Culbert starts reaching out and then he's like, this, may, this is not the time. Okay, fair. But then he's like, it may never be the time. <laughs> like, man, like... He doesn't say like, that, does he? he? He does. He goes, it may never be the time. He says it to him and it's okay. like heartbreaking because it's like, you know, it's it's a little heartbreaking and it's a little melodramatic, which uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, that's like, it, it gets you going, right? But at the same time, I was like, no, come on. Like, I don't think they've crossed the line yet where they've where they've drawn it out too long. Yeah, um, I agree. Enjoying it for sure. I don't want it to become a will they, won't they. And one of the things I brought up in my podcast at some point is I did actually compare it to, I used the CW show, The Flash, as an example. Right. Uh, If anyone watches that with Barry and Iris and, oh, that went on for like, what, three seasons? I don't know. Yeah. I I, I only watched the the first three years of that show. But yeah, like they got together and they broke up and they got engaged and they got unengaged. And then I think they maybe got married. I don't know. It's true. It gets a little, a little, uh, a little tiresome after a while. It's but no, I don't think way to write drag it out. That far. It's but, true. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like yeah. But on on um, <laughs> the most the most recent text Trek podcast available today, available now. Ooh, nice. Um, our guest Anna, who had joined us one time previously. Her interpretation is she doesn't think that they are going to get back together and that um, Colbert kind of seemed uninterested when he was talking to Admiral Cornwell. Uh, I didn't read it that way, but she has a, uh, a different opinion on it that if you check out our podcast, you can, uh, you can see what she has to say about that. And maybe, maybe people will agree with me. Maybe they'll agree with her. Maybe we're both wrong. I don't know. Who knows? We'll find out. Um, I did like that Admiral Culberg, they kind of reminded us of her uh, background as a um, psych- psychiatrist. So, psychiatrist. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And and I liked on Twitter that uh, Marina Sirtis uh, tweeted that if uh, J- if Admiral, if Admiral, uh, um, uh, darn, whatever, I just said her name. <laughs> Admiral Cornwell. Thank you, Admiral Cornwell. The advice from a counselor that she'd be happy to give it and then uh jane brooks uh responded with like oh my gosh that's awesome (laughs) or something like that so that was a a cool real life uh tie-in um there uh there was um also uh, i guess another one for me is are you buying uh emperor emperor giorgio's sincerity here like do you think that she is interested in michael and then if so i don't think the show's really kind of answered what is her interest in michael like is it what's what do you think's going on there yeah i'm still suspicious of her um concern and affection for michael burnham uh me personally i don't want to see this character easily forgiven after she was a racist xenophobic fascist dictator emperor um 
who who brags still in, in these in these recent episodes still <laughs> brags about genociding entire planets you know killing all the telosians um the klingons decimating <laughs> the klingons basically right like... yeah um, <laughs> i i kind of don't want to see this character forgiven at all um but if they do try to do any type of redemption with her it, it's going to be very difficult to pull off and I don't know, like I, I kind of would need them to like kill her off in the end, like Darth Vader style, and and um, maybe but only we know that's like forgive her. You mean at the end of the Section Thirty One show? Because we're going yeah. in that direction, like that's you know, which basically actually this season Section Thirty One show because they've been present uh, in the season, and I wanted to ask you about that too. So there's definitely this like whole between uh, you know before they kiss and make out. Uh, the the call. Uh, sorry, the Ash Tyler Burnham, the whole Starfleet versus Section Thirty One thing. Like, uh, I don't see how section. I I just don't understand where they're. It's okay to me that Section Thirty One is not what we expected in the sense that it's not like a buried underground, you know, operation. That's fine with me because I think that like it can't. It, it's fine. Like, I think that like section 31 can evolve certainly into what it's going to be. Right. And, uh, and everything. But what I don't understand is like why there's so much of a battle between section 31 and Starfleet constantly. Like I, I don't, I don't actually see, I don't actually see like, you know, section 31 being at fault for the things that are going on. You like, know the, you, know, like you, and I, you and I, not to get too political, but you and I yeah. are both in a country where our traditional military uh, has been supplying like one group of fighters in Syria. And then our Section 31 type uh, CIA has been actually uh, building up a, another group of fighters. And so like our tax dollars are going to basically have two, two different groups fight each other in another <laughs> country like – like uh, I, well, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see it as, as that unusual that there's like a conflict between your your CIA type group and then like your traditional military type group. I, I think stuff like that happens in in the Pentagon and in real life. So I um, but I do think that the conflict we are experiencing between them will eventually explain why Section Thirty One retreats back into the shadows and becomes what we we are familiar right. with from from ds9 and enterprise and and all the the rest of their depictions going further into that like so so the another big reveal is that burnham's parents were not what they so actually section 31 operatives how do you feel about that and what do you, what do you... that reminded me of the uh spider-man comics when yeah. they revealed that peter parker's uh birth parents were were actually agents of shield right it does so, actually uh, it's, it's like it's, it's like the exact same exactly thing. yeah <laughs> it's true um it, it was kind of cool that but how do you feel about it do you think it's the, cool? that, yeah. that her mom was an astrophysicist and her dad was a, a, a what is it xeno anthropologist anthropologist which is what she which is. is what i think burnham yeah. is right yeah. um so the the way that he said that they had uh, seen examples of, of technological leaps and thought that that was a sign of time travel. I was like, oh yeah, like a xeno anthropologist would be the the person who might notice stuff like that 
And if he's married to an astrophysicist, she might be the one who is trying to build the, the their time machine and the temporal cold war with or, temporal arms race with the Klingons, not temporal cold war. That was enterprise. But they do call it a temporal, um, temporal arms race, arms race, which is interesting. Uh, it could here. be tied to that. Yeah. Cause we know that the Sulaban were messing around with the Klingons also. So the Klingons might've been like, Oh look, there's time travel technology. We need to like build up our, our empire with, with uh, time travel tech. I was really hoping captain Archer was, <laughs> was going to be That's what the time said. Yeah. I, you know, I had my theory. I don't know if you saw it on, on Twitter, but I thought that if the red angel was Archer, he needed to like take off the helmet and reveal it was him and just say, it's been a long road. <laughs> or, oh boy, right? Or, oh boy, the... yeah, either one. Yeah, like... <laughs> I was hoping really it'd be funny. Morn or Neelix, one or the other. Or uh, some, people, some people were hoping that it was uh, Admiral Archer's dog. <laughs> yeah, um, the, one, the one from the Kelvin universe after after Kelvin and Scotty beamed Scotty the dog into right. who knows where. I the initial time travel event took place during the attack and supernova. So I hope we get a flashback to what actually happened on Datari. Was it Datari Alpha? Oh, Dr. Alpha. Thank you. Um, because it sounds, star, I believe. So it sounds like the, um, Klingons came to get their time crystal back and like some, you know, something's going to happen, you know, obviously like Burnham's, hidden in a, and she doesn't know what's going on so it sounds like the mom decides well I need to like get the heck out of here so she takes the suit and actually um, and actually uses it to go into the future at some point so it'll be interesting and I'm sure we'll get that explanation and I hope we get a cool flashback but what do you think uh, speculations on Burnham's dad did he uh, think he made time for her to escape and died, or do you think uh, there's something yet to be revealed about the dad as well? You know, I hadn't actually speculated on that too much. Um, yeah, so that that could have been the thing is like the dad was like, uh, I'll, you know, I'll fight the Klingons off for a little bit so you can get away. But you would think he'd be like, but you should take our daughter with you who's hiding in this <laughs> closet over here. Um, so i don't it could have been maybe the plan was to maybe the people as she would travel back and warn them but then it went wrong like she actually ended way in the future you know what i mean like maybe the plan was just to go back maybe like 10 hours you know or something like that and it, it failed the suit didn't work properly or something like that and she got launched into mm -hmm. the future the way that they explain the time travel is kind of like a, a yo-yo where it has like a rubber band that, that pulls you back. So you can like, you can leap to a point in time and space, but then you have to be like snapped back to where you were. So that's uh, true. That makes me wonder, well, where is she? Yeah. Is she back in the past. Is she even further in the future? Well, I think she has to be in the future only because she wouldn't have learned about Michael's death in that chamber unless she was in the yeah. future. Like, or the, you know, Spock mind melded with her and that's how he learned about the, the destruction of the galaxy. So, so we, it had to, that stuff also. had to have been in the future. Um, so maybe so, she still dies on Doctori Alpha. Maybe, maybe at the end of all her time traveling, uh, she has to go back uh, and die. Oh, wow. That, oh, 
that kind of got me right there. <laughs> that could be that could be true because, because um, or the other thing is that maybe maybe the Red Angel plot doesn't get resolved fully this season like maybe she escapes and the the whole end of the show could be like burnham having her parents back and then the time you know and then the timeline being reset so to speak so, so the timeline's that, like, already set this is this is the timeline this, of the of the original series and next generation and everything else <laughs> well it changes then and then <laughs> and then you have a burnham who who grows up with actual parents i don't need an explanation for why the klingons look different or why they were using holograms as much as they were like i i don't i don't want them to mess with the timeline to explain that stuff come, come up with a come up with a reason like in the story to explain why why things we'll, look a we'll see what happens i'm already messing with uh with time travel that uh the explanation's already there it's like you know to me it's very like uh you know star trek discovery i think that you can have both you can have your cake and eat it too <laughs> is what i guess i'm trying to say. like you can still have a valid show uh that takes place in a time bubble that's a, I don't that's want a perfectly legitimate Star Trek show. Like I, I, I'm less interested. I don't think it does. Isn't the I think it's less it. devaluing. It's less devaluing than what happened to Enterprise. Like, <laughs> like to me. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I don't know. I don't know what'll happen. It's a. It's an interesting thing because to me, those a lot of things like necessarily the visuals are important per se like i don't mind the updated look and feel or even the holograms like i like i kind of can see you know many reasons why starfleet would move away from holograms or like just up in that technology or you know some other reasons like uh they've already like dropped the hint about the security flaw or whatever you know and like yeah. we have this whole ai thing coming through which could also explain get like we regress kind of like maybe they're like okay we need to like uh much like the battlestar galactica it survived this like holocaust uh because the ship was self-contained and didn't have uh, a network connection to the mm -hmm. mainframe right so it couldn't be infected by the cylon uh virus that disabled all the other um defenses uh so i could totally see like uh like uh, next, I totally already see Discovery some really cool possible explanations for why TOS feels different, you know. And so I'm, I, I already see that Larry's on that path. I'm saying I'm open to any possibility, but like, <laughs> but like, I just think it'd be tragic um, to I like the burner. The main thing that the reason why I think there's going to be some kind. Of, explanation or burnham's gonna get her other life back so to speak is that the whole fact that this was not like burnham's existence is kind of like one of those things in in the sarek family is kind of like one of those things where you're like she wasn't just an exchange student you know that like <laughs> for a little while that spot could easily forget like there's a like it, there's a, va a validity in the question of why doesn't Spock ever mention her even more than Cybok because at least with Cybok like we know he like the family and went off and baby right but and like maybe like that so that kind of like you know he wasn't like a part of Spock's life but Burnham was clearly a big part of Spock's life and also continues to be now in in just they're reunited and they're like reconciling and so like it just doesn't make sense that you know Spock would just forget about his sister
Why do you think he forgets about her, though? So that's my thing. Is that like if for some like to me like if I, I, I were mean, Spock, no, no, I'm if saying I were like, Spock, like why, let, let me let me rephrase that. Like, okay. why do you think that Spock has forgotten his sister? It like like what wh- what what indicates to you that the Spock we see in the original series and the movies and the Next Generation going back in time in Star Trek 09, like what makes you think that guy does not remember Michael Burnham being his sister? I mean, actually, nothing because like, like because there's an, an episode Spock of the original. Just, just, let me say, let me throw this out there real quick. There's an episode of the original okay. series, Operation Annihilate, with like the the fried eggs that are attacking people on the colony, <laughs> and Captain Kirk's brother was there, and and his family was there. George and George uh, Kirk, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, so his 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 brother and his nephew and everything. And they're not mentioned after that episode. So let's say that episode was like deleted from from the Star Trek canon. Let's say it like never existed. Sorry, sorry. Let's say that episode never existed to begin with. And then someone went back and did that story as a prequel. You you'd have people who are like, well, why does Captain Kirk have a brother? He he never had a brother before. He never mentions a brother and all this stuff. Like that doesn't work. Like, yeah, you're breaking the timeline. That's a really it's good. It's like, like no, that's you're, a very fair point. Yeah, it's fine. Like. Like no one ever asks Spock, like, "Hey, did you ever have a a, a sister?" So I don't, I don't really see it breaking uh, continuity. You know, like Cisco had a sister that they never talked about until they did talk about her. That's true. I guess that's a fair point. That's a really fair point. I have to just let go of my uh, expectations here. Like I have to kind of like pair. <laughs> and I would be frustrated if they did something like to erase her from his mind or something because. The, the producers have hinted at like, this will explain why, why Spock doesn't mention her later. And, and I'm like, I don't need that explained. Yeah, it's fair. That's a good, actually, it's a good, fair point. Like it's almost the opposite of uh, the explanation almost would be like, you're right. Hmm. I never thought of it that way. Huh? Good. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> um, the plan uh and the and the the whole thing about uh uh so on the third watching it came to you know the whole scene where burnham's dying is like it's beautifully acted first of all it's horrifying it's like you really feel like the pain and stuff like that and and, uh sinequa martin green's really good at like doing that like when she does that that crazy scream in the in the for you know in the episode where she gets stabbed like the was a brother it was brother was the first episode right even like the um the first episode of season one when she's fighting Voke on the, the Klingon ship. That's right. She's like That's screaming right. there. So beautiful acting. But let me ask you, couldn't they have just done like a lethal injection, like actually yes. killed her? Like I, I, I get that they wanted something dramatic, but this, I, like, this is too extra. Like, like it, it was melodramatic in a bad way. It was, like, it was the acid rain. It's like you yeah, don't feel you know, like her skin was. <laughs> it looks like they were like um like gonna torture her to death. Like it was like like she's an like a sadist. She's like she's a total <laughs> sadist, and they're all and they're all watching this yeah. from like it, like everyone's watching. She's like fascinated. She's like watch like she forgets herself. <laughs> like, I have a problem like... with that. And, and also, you would think that you know if they were assuming that Michael was in fact the Red Angel. Like, won't she remember this experience? Like, how is how is this going to like, 
<laughs> the future. I know it's like a tr it's such a like traumatic experience. Like, wouldn't she remember that like she set herself up to die and like come back sooner before the the torture and like just stop herself? You know, I don't. know. It's like like maybe try to thwart the plan instead or break the equipment. You know, like I came up with a better. What I would consider to be a better story where they could have done like the same stuff, but just like a better way to go about it. But I won't, I won't go into the details of that here, but if anyone wants to check that out, just check out the, is it on your, yeah, the most, most recent text Trek podcast, which I described. Oh, awesome. It. So it'd be text Trek number 62, where we talk all about this episode of the red angel. Got it. Quick, a quick overview though. Like the gist of it. Um, it's better than what they, the writers actually did here. That's that's all I'll say. Okay, now, audience, I haven't heard it, but audience, you can pause here, go and listen, come back, and uh, well, we can't talk about it because <laughs> I haven't heard it yet, so I'm dying to see this. So I will also pause and go look <laughs> and listen to, and come back. Hey, wow, what a great idea! I prefer that. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, Starfleet boy. No, I. <laughs> I really do think that, like, yeah, uh, when I was thinking about it, I actually thought about TNG, and I thought about, like, you know, in TNG, if this was Mario, they would have totally lethal injectioned. It would accomplish the same, except without the the dramatic skin burning and and like that and the you know like really painful death. Um, but the show always uh, tries okay. to go in the most dramatic direction possible. And sometimes it works very well, and sometimes it falls flat. And to me here, it fell a little flat. Like the last thing we need to talk about, uh, other than like minor old moments here and there, is what's up with the uh, Section 31 ship at the end when Leland's trying to override the buffers and, and like what, what what's going on there? Think. Yeah, it, I'm thinking that that is the control AI resurfacing, like they said that it, it might. Um, it's hard to tell exactly what happens to Leyland after he falls to the floor after getting his eye stabbed in that viewfinder. He, <laughs> his eye, it looks like it kind of like rebuild rebuilds itself. It, I like it yeah, I did back. see that. Yeah, so like maybe the maybe the the ai can infect human minds as well which is pretty creepy like you have a bunch like of nanotechnology like... now oh yeah but ah what else do that <laughs> what else stabs you and then assimilates you into <laughs> into its matrix <laughs> fascinating I don't think that the origins of the Borg are going to be somehow explained, but it could be the Borg actually doing this. Do you, do you think that's plausible? It, it is possible. I don't know if I'd say plausible, but um, maybe I'm splitting the hair there. The realm of, but, yeah, well, no, maybe more in the realm of possibility because it could... They could what? So apparently Starfleet boy, I think he had his eye too close to the camera and it just like stabbed <laughs> off a little needle. You <laughs> Did I go away? Yeah. I think uh, you, I was you've just been saying... infected like Leyland. 
<laughs> I was. <laughs> I want the three uh, dots to appear whenever I get it. In your eyes. I want them to appear. No, I guess what I'm saying is like, um, I don't think it's like you're right. I don't think it's likely. It's it's possible, but not plausible because the future scenes don't look anything like the like what we consider the Borg, right? They weren't cubes or spheres. Um, not I, even spheres. They were like these, uh, you know, things. Cylinders. <laughs> Cylinders phallic looking things the, uh, the, the doomsday machine <laughs> series exactly no, I, I don't want to see the borg and i don't think they would do that um i kind of want discovery to be kind of hands off from the borg um and they don't often bring things in from other shows except tos occasionally with pike spock number one um, other than that, though, they, they don't really, they might like have like a little nod to, um, oh, like Captain Archer went to Kronos one time or like, oh, here's like a TNG style comm badge that you, you know, tap on. And, um, every, every now and then they will kind of have like a little tip of the hat at other Trek shows, but they don't really borrow big, important things other than the, the TOS characters they've used. Fair. Boards are probably right. not going to go up. So the time plot, we'll probably find out a lot of the time traveler next episode, uh, who is Burnham's mom. We'll probably get some really interesting reveals. It looks like Burnham is like blow the whole goddamn place. So maybe something we find out is not sitting right with Burnham uh, regarding her, her parents, uh, who they really were. You know, we'll find out. Which yeah. will be interesting. Like. The next episode, we're going to get a lot of, of details on, on her parents, I think. Just the fact that her mom is there and is going to be talking to them. That we should get like a whole lot of, of backstory stuff, a whole lot of, of Red Angel explanation. You know, why is she doing this stuff? Why why did we see her on Kaminar and with like this World War Three church and all this stuff? I think, I think we're going to get answers on that. We're going to get like some big emotional payoffs with, with Michael... Um, reconnecting with with her her human mother that she has not seen since childhood. Interesting. Uh, and now she's a time refugee. She can't go back to where she was from. Yeah, they're holding her. They're holding her hostage. They're holding her hostage. So it's going to be interesting to see how that affects the master plan she had to stop. If that was her in the first place, was to stop the uh, AI from from gaining a hold uh and and evolving faster than it might have cool uh the only other thing i have uh in my notes is that it was cool to see um arium 1.0 uh oh yeah <laughs> Lieutenant yeah <laughs> who played arium in season one oddly enough uh and now she's back on the bridge yeah well what are the names of the actresses you had um is it heather cheeseman was the one Hannah Cheeseman. Anna. Yeah, Hannah Cheeseman, right. And then who's the other one? I knew her name, but I can't remember it at this moment, so you'll have to look it up. But uh Lieutenant Nilsson, uh oh gosh. Do you have it do you have it, Father? I'll have it momentarily. Um Lieutenant Nilsson is played by I should know because I follow her on Twitter. Um played by Sarah Mitch. Sarah Mitch, that's right. Yeah, she's a Croatian, Croatian Canadian who uh, oh. goes to country music bars in the Toronto area. 
I know this. <laughs> Fascinating. I keep telling Sean uh, that he needs to move to Toronto because it seems like that's where all the action, if he wants to get on Star Trek, that's yeah. where all the action is. He told, me, he told me that he <laughs> has to live in Quebec because his wife wants to live somewhere where they speak French. That's true. So he it's fine. But I mean, go to the West Coast to, to Vancouver. The weather's a lot nicer. Quebec. Quebec has a uh, filter as well, though, so who knows? Um, there could be a future seasons where, especially if they want to film in Paris, I hear Quebec is a good, uh, sorry, Montreal is a good uh, substitute for Paris, apparently, so they often use it. The Highlander TV series was filmed in Montreal. I did not know that. It took place in, 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 in France. Yeah, yeah in Paris, made, like so, flashbacks yeah. and stuff to like old France. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Old France, and that was all Montreal. Yep. Interesting. D- Duncan McLeod. Another another show. Another time. <laughs> well, we're, we're we could do we could do a Highlander uh, retrospective on Starfleet Boy. Uh, <laughs> um, so today we covered Highlander. We covered um, Spider Man comics. Um, I know. Flash I know. We're all over the place. Yeah. Well done. Um, the only thing it would be cool if Star Trek zeist in one of its like the planet zeist is like somewhere in in federation space that would be pretty cool reference to highlander 2 you know that right have you you've seen highlander yeah, 2 that, that, <laughs> um I'd, I'd completely forgotten that was a thing uh, <laughs> yeah we're highlander was super sci-fi for a, a moment there <laughs> i get lost in- all right so uh I think it's time to give our ratings. I'll go first. Uh, I think that overall, this episode for me was very good. Uh, it was entertaining. There were a lot of, uh, you know, especially I, I like you, was really kind of um, surprised and also pleased with uh, Mother Burnham. I, we joked about this on Starfleet Boy earlier. We were thinking that, like, uh, Burnham herself would come back, like Michael herself would come back, but that she would be known as Mother Burnham, like so, like you know, the mother of the of the galaxy. But it actually ended up being Klingon, so right, it's true. Uh, so it actually ended up being true, but but in the literal sense that it is Burnham's mother, so it is Mother Burnham. Yeah, I like Mama Burnham. Uh, Mama Burnham, Mama yeah. Burnham. <laughs> I like Mama Burnham too. It's very that's much more cozy. It's true. Um, so I like that. I did like, I really enjoyed, uh, a lot of the exposition in this episode. I don't know, but something I didn't talk about there, there are moments that I definitely disagree. I don't think like, I think Burnham should be past clocking people and people or like fucking people out. Like, I think she should be past this kind of violence and like, I know it was satisfying. If someone is like, Oh yeah. Like, it's my fault your mom's dead. Like, you wouldn't want to hit them in the face. But you, yeah, but, you know, like, hitting someone in the nose, you could actually kill them. <laughs> like, that, she could have actually, no, like, broken. That, that is, like, the, the one of the most appropriate times to hit someone in the face is if they're, like, responsible for the death of a loved one. I guess it's true. Like, like, I guess what, it's what, true. What, I don't what, know. More, what's, like, a more infuriating thing you can do to someone? That's kill true. The I, I'm not. I'm not saying that it wasn't appropriate. I'm just saying I wish, Bur- I wish Burnham could have had a different reaction because she's always punch- She's always getting herself in trouble. Like I'm tired of Burnham being in trouble all the time. Very well behaved this season. 
I mean, yeah, like she, she ran from section 31, but like the whole, the whole discovery was on her side. So that's true. I agree. No, I, I, and, and don't get me wrong. I love Burnham. I just, I just was like, ah, oh, don't, please don't put Burnham in the brig. <laughs> Come on, let's keep her safe. Although she, she was the reason they, you know, they couldn't do anything. They needed her. I get it. So, but, like, but like, I like that. I, we didn't talk. We didn't talk what? Lost you there. He's getting stabbed. But the I really like the scene. That there were other moments like uh, in well, Sick Bay when they're... Oh, hello? Yeah. You said uh, we didn't talk about what? Oh, we didn't really talk about that scene in detail, but the scene between Spock and Burnham was nice. Like, I really like the exposition in that scene. Yes. And I love everything about Ethan Peck, Spock. I, I think he is so awesome as this character. And I would love to see more of them after the season, if there's any possible way they can do that, or if they make like the Pike Enterprise show that some some fans Everyone. have theorized. Like, uh, <laughs> if you can get more of this guy as Spock. And I thought I wouldn't like it that much. I was I was yeah. glad they were they took a while to build up to him because I was like, I'm not in a hurry to see Spock. I don't, I don't want them to like do anything too weird with uh, like the most iconic Star Trek character ever. Then when I actually Agreed. see him, I'm like, oh my God, he's so good. He is so good. In fact, he inspired my new uh, my look here today. <laughs> like I got the Spock beard going on. Uh, you can't see my Vulcan ears because they're covered by my <laughs> phone. So <laughs> that was good. <laughs> um, I and in general, like even though uh, if you guys go and check out Kowalski's video, I I do find myself like. Um, thinking about a lot of the points that he makes in it and you know he he def he definitely didn't seem to enjoy this episode <laughs> um at all and and, and was kind of i think his video shows that but at the same time i i do see his points uh and i think audience you should go check it out too but uh, i didn't much i agree <laughs> but uh but in general i like that he's kind of like normalizing and i do like that you know the way uh kind of sometimes just like a simple piece of advice can actually change your whole perspective and i think when um when uh, admiral cornwell says basically that like it's a choice love is a choice every single day uh you know and that kind of like gets him thinking and gets him to come around i like that i do hope that they don't play this thing out too long i hope that they do reconcile like maybe next episode <laughs> like and and then you know move forward again as the the couple that we we've come to enjoy so yeah, overall I, I, actually overall though i have to say uh that even though the ending was so exciting and everything this is like my lowest rated episode of star trek discovery i'm gonna give it an 8.5 uh this season I, I don't know if i gave Very any low for uh, you yeah that's super low because it's been hitting tens and nine so 8.5 <laughs> yeah is my rating so is that all you got yeah that's okay. all i got so i had a lot of problems with this episode too um and i, I feel like we, we spent a lot of time talking about like the good things so i'll, I'll just real quickly list off some of the, the problems i had and a lot of that was just a problem I have with the show in general is that it doesn't take time to breathe. It's always too eager to move along with this high energy, fast pace, just just boom, boom, boom. Never like take the time between like the big moments to hash things out. If have like 
conversations around uh, a table in the conference room, next generation style, and talk about how did we learn the Red Angel, or how did we learn that the control AI is from the future? Uh, why do we want to capture the Red Angel? Um, oh, so we need to go to this planet and do this. What? Okay, there's a danger of that. Like they don't have those conversations where you have like conflicting ideas where Worf thinks this is a good idea, but Jordy is like, oh no, the technology needs to be like this. And then Riker is like, well, you know, I think it'd be good if we did this. They don't really have those slower moments. The show doesn't stop to breathe. And I think it was super apparent in this episode. They they could have benefited from some of that type of stuff. Um, they don't even tell us how they learned that the control AI is from the future. And when, when they, they decide that, um, oh, this bioneural scan shows that the Red Angel is Michael Burnham. Immediately after that, Giorgio and Leyland happen to show up and give like more explanation. And it, it's just, it just doesn't feel natural and organic. It feels like writers trying to connect plot point to plot point to plot point. And you get like really contrived things sometimes that that don't don't work. And I loved what they did with the reveal at the end. I love the character moments, you know, Spock and, and Michael, Michael and Tyler, Colber and the Admiral, Colber and Stamets. But the super cringy scene that I had that's going to like keep me from giving this any higher of a rating than what I'm giving it is when Giorgio was flirting with Colber and Stamets. Oh, my God. I yeah, I forgot it. about it. I didn't even I didn't remember that. That was, so that was a little and clunky yeah. and unnatural. It was a little extra. It's true. That's true. I even blocked it out. Thanks for reminding me. Uh, are we supposed to think that like everyone in the, the mirror universe is uh, a pansexual? A pansexual, yeah. Like, apparently like pansexuality is like really evil. So like the evil universe, that's what everyone does. <laughs> and I, to me, I, I, I'm curious if you have an opinion on this. But just... I, just to, to me, I do. I, I think in the, I think the way TNG and even TOS kind of handles it, where it's just not even talked about. It's a non-issue. Like we, it's clear that Riker is pansexual, but he doesn't. Is he like? Does he? When does he like? It. When does he like boys? No, when does that ever happen? No, I, well, that's the thing. Is like that. The, this is the thing just is in your like, head, canon. Yeah, it is. He, but he has that gender-neutral planet, and like I know she, like the that that they and identifying as female and that's why like that attraction was strong so i'm just joking but i'm saying like what I, I guess what i'm trying to say is like star trek always depicted like an advanced uh notion of sexuality but that it would also like like it would also like take into account that like you know most people are going to be or homosexual period right and that there would be a few people that are homosexual just like it is now like it's not going to change like not everyone's going to be homosexual in the future or pansexual or bisexual it's just not going to happen you know so i feel like yeah you're right as it in an odd way that discovery kind of wears its sexuality on the sleeve and i do think that's great one pointed out that trick discovery is the entry point seen every star trek series are like well star trek already dealt with this right but i do think it is important mm -hmm. to reiterate these things for new fans because it it is an important thing uh about star trek but that scene was just awkward <laughs> it was just like and a I, weird scene <laughs> i think it's cool that like we finally have gay men in star trek because that had like never been a thing 
And then it's weird to me to tell the the gay boys that in like, oh no, like the other universe, like you still like girls. So it's like, you can't, it's like, to me, like it feels like you can't even let like the gay men be gay men. Right. No, it's true. And uh, well, I like that. I mean, I do kind of like that. uh, Stamets says, uh, as far as I can tell, here and in any other universe, I'm gay. Yeah. <laughs> like, just Do you find that Georgia. relatable? Is that how is that how you feel? Yeah, I I actually uh, I get the question. You know, you know, when you get close to people, they like start asking you questions about your sexuality. It's just a natural thing, and I often like, how gay are you? Like, is there any exception like to your like to a, your gayness? Like a scale, of, like so, one to ten. Like, like, yeah. And I get that. Like, I I think especially for someone who is meeting or like interacting with a gay person for the first time, it's kind of hard to like establish that. But I also think it's a fair question because um, uh, Kinsey showed that like you know it's more of a scale, right? Like it's like scale. So I always am am five hundred percent gay. So if you want to, like, if you want to, like, I was, I was gonna say like, maybe uh, maybe like eleven out of ten, but like no, like you're at, uh, at fifty. So. I'm so like as if you interested in me you'd have to chip away at four at 500 percent just to get me at a hundred percent and then you'd have to chip away at that to get me to like be a little bit straight for you so no uh, i apologize uh ladies who might be interested but i am five five hundred percent gay so that means here and in any other universe in the moment i am probably also gay <laughs> but yeah so keeping that terrible scene in mind <laughs> Uh, I, I I give this episode a five out of five. It's not totally. Wow. It's not. I mean, not a five out of five. Five out of ten. Um, it's not. Totally, it's, like, totally, <laughs> it's not totally bad, but it, it's not particularly good either. Like it's it's it, probably my least favorite episode of this season, and possibly a, of all of Discovery. It's a tough one because it has like a really imp- moment at the end, right? Like it's a pretty powerful moment, but I do think like but as an exposition episode like I do think it does its job well and that's why I gave it an 8 and probably why you gave it a 5 like it does its job but it doesn't really go like it could have gone somewhere else and it, and it would have been more I think impactful I like the idea that I I would have loved the idea cuz there is a conference room scene in this episode but it like lived 30 seconds and <laughs> you know like it could have been a lot longer and stuff like that i do want to mention that i know that the uh show is filmed in toronto but it looked like the conference table had this like rough wood like thing did you notice that it was like kind of broken wood yeah i noticed that a few episodes ago um i wonder because there's an artist in seattle that and i'm like oh my god is it that artist i would love to know uh, if anyone from CBS who's involved with the production <laughs> is listening, where'd you get that cool conference table? Because it looked like something I've seen in in sure. Yeah, I, I would be curious to learn more about it. But... So, so what do we have? Right. Eight point five and a and a five. Yes. What does that average out to? I'd say it's fair to say seven. Six point yeah, five. Six point five. Six point seven five. Or six. Yeah, I think so. Seven. Six point. Yeah, let's uh, fair seven's fair that's not bad star trek discovery overall is still holding its high rate higher than last season ratings uh for this season and i i am looking forward to the next episode how many do we have left four 
Yes, yeah. This was episode 10 of 14, so four to go. Uh, I know that, like, it's... Uh, I know that it's been proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Enterprise will not appear again, but I'm really hoping that the Enterprise does come in at the last minute. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I believe that. <laughs> it's just too good, right? It's just too good. All right, Father, yeah, I think we'll uh, we'll spare the audience any further discussion <laughs> and end the show right here. Uh, thank you for joining us, audience. If you want to check out Fathery's content, please go to his YouTube channel, Text Trek, and also check out the audio-only uh, podcast that is up today. It's live now. I'm going to also publish this episode. So if you're watching this, that, which is what I'm going to go listen to next while I have a cup of tea because I've been under the weather. <laughs> and I look forward to seeing you hopefully next week. And uh, everyone uh, live long and prosper, and we'll see you next time. Bye.